This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten, and you are listening to Tobin Tonight. I think you already know, but we've had Bob on before. We've had yeah. we've had Stamos, and Amazing. I remember I remember when we had Bob on. Now it's been like two or three years trying to get Bob on, and right. like you, you, I get it's a double edged sword. But like his PR guy was like, he's very nice. He's a very friendly guy. But I was like, I seen Bob do a like workout podcast, and it was a province over Nova Scotia in Canada, right. and I was like. It's like, all right, Brian, just stay calm. And I was like, dear Mike, what the fuck? I'm like, I'm a, province, I'm a province over. And then like instantly he got back to me. He's like, I don't know if it was just kind of like guilt or just being like, but he was just like, right, right, right. all right, all right, Bob, I, I got the news. There's a kid, there's a guy I knew for land He's been <laughs> for like three or four years. And then he was like, I'm sure Bob was like, Christ. All right, I can right. do it. No, Bob's always, he was always super sweet about stuff like that. So yeah. I, I want to yeah. like, I know we'll get into like different topics along the way. I do want to start off with Bob just because this is something that like for people who know Bob, like yourself or Stamos. Mm-hmm. Now I kind of mentioned to Stamos, Stamos said I was overthinking it, but at the end of the episode, Bob asked me, he's like, what are you, what's your plans for the day? And I was just like, podcast done, buddy. Like you can, you don't have to be friendly anymore. Like you right. can just say like, bye. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to probably play some like PlayStation. And he was like, oh, that's really nice. I'm like, okay, he knows. Like I'm a, I have a disability, but I'm not like five years, like five years old, but he was like treating me like, that's nice, Brian. Like right. you enjoy playing that NHL game. But yeah, yeah. I mean, Bob was always just really like, he was one of those people who was always so busy and yet would be, he would take time out for everyone in his life while panicking about how busy he was, you know what I mean? But, and, and it was because he was constantly, he loved what he did. He worked all the time. And then, you know, he also like, he did so many things and just worried about and took care of so many people. He was a really good dude. I, I miss him for sure. Yeah. I, I think what struck me or struck me, okay, whatever way you want to word it. But like when I seen that he passed, I, I get it's weird because like, you know, you'll go back and you'll see stuff on Instagram now, which I'm glad that you have this stuff. Like you'll see like, here's what it was like growing up in the eighties. And like, if you, right. show, you show me that when I'm like 10 or 12, I have two other brothers. I'm like, wow, look at these losers growing up in the eighties. And now I right. look at it and I'm that loser. Cause there's kids oh, out there now that are like, for sure. Look at the nineties. And I'm just still like, shut up. <laughs> right. Like the eighties were so much better. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's I like, mean, I have kids and it's yeah. a trip. I look at it and it's like very nostalgic. And like, I know I'm not, I didn't grow up in the eighties. I grew up in the nineties, but like, I like that there's that whole time capsule. Like there's shows that are about the eighties and like you see how cultures develop, but I yeah. think what, and sometimes like if you go talk to someone who grew up in the eighties or my brother and like a celebrity passed away and you don't know who that celebrity was essentially. And then they're like, and then they're like, Oh man, like I can't believe they're, pa-. and I'm like, yeah, it's life. Like people pass. <laughs> but like then when I seen Bob passed, yeah. I was just like, all right, like this is a guy that I remember coming home 
And uh, like I've said at the Stamos as well, but we used to have like a blue little mermaid table that was way too big. Right. Or like for like or too small and I was too big, but like I used it and I would sit and watch Full House. Yeah. And then on Friday nights or Saturday nights, it'd be like AFE would come on. And your friends right. would be like, hey, do you want to do something? I'm like, no, like, sag it's no, on I'm watching, like, right, right, right. I'm watching my show. Yeah. yeah and it, then, the days of like appointment TV too, when you would yeah. leave a Friday night and go watch a show and do all that. You know, it's so different now. And I think like that really almost doesn't exist now because it's not, there aren't a lot of shows that are like Friday night, everyone's watching it. It's not network TV like it used to be. So yeah. I think we like existed in this really wonderful time of that, sort of nostalgia that everyone shares you know now it's like everyone kind of is in their own separate little yeah. niche of whatever streaming they're watching but like then it was you know you had however many channels and so whatever was on abc on a friday night like chances are everyone was watching it and right. so it's crazy to think that like that many people had that I love experience i love panic watching where it's almost like not like like in a mean way but it's almost like on a Friday night when there's TGIF or like, you know, on a Saturday afternoon right. and you're like, you're out playing like, cause I am Canadian. So it's like ball hockey. And oh, next, yeah, yeah. next minute it's just to like, guys, what time is it? It's like, Oh, it's right. 3 I'm like, Holy fuck. We have to pack up. It's like, why? <laughs> it's, like, run. But it's, we've yeah. got to go. We've got to yeah. go. Right. Yeah. yeah. Boy meets world is on. I don't want to miss it. And then like, right. and, and then when I get older, I'm just still like, okay. And then, then there was a whole time frame where people would watch friends. Like I have people who loved friends and I would hate it because I'm just like, you promised we were playing hide and seek. It's like, yeah, but it's the family of friends. Now I've watched it as I got older and I feel bad for 10 year old Brian. Cause I'm like, okay, you were kind of mean to your friends. Cause right. now that you've watched friends, you understand that. But like, that's how I felt with how I met your mother. And then like, hearing See, Bob I, have no, the, yeah. I haven't, I it was so crazy. Like Bob being on how I met your mother and so many yeah. people like just knew immediately they were like, yeah. oh, it's Bob's voice. Like he has such a distinct, recognizable voice. And yeah, you know, it's funny. Friends actually shot on our set uh, uh, on okay. stage 24 when we left Warner Brothers, when when Full House wrapped the first time uh, we wrapped and Friends moved in to our set after us <laughs> and shot there for their thing. Uh, and I actually have never seen an episode of Friends. So I, I'm like one of wow. the like, handful okay. of people that's never watched it. Yeah. Feel like you feel like that's something that you should put on your list like you know go i'm go not back. a sitcom person i don't watch oh, a lot wow. of sitcoms i actually don't watch a lot of tv i had foot surgery like in december and i'd say i've probably watched i don't know maybe 12 hours or less of televisions in okay. that month's time like i don't watch tv very often if i do it's like a documentary series that i binge all four episodes at once or something okay so like you're not like a person that would go back and like rewatch yourself no, I've okay. never really watched Full House. I didn't. I I, I don't like watching myself. Even like to this day, no, I'll watch I, I, I when I'm on set too. and doing it. I'll watch it, make sure everything looks good, and that you know people are happy with takes or if it's something that I you know wanted to try again or whatever. But I don't love watching myself. There are some people that do, and a lot of people that just do not. It is not. I I I am too yeah. critical, and I can't. It's hard for me to be objective to the whole thing and not only see the stupid little things that like are in my own head. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, no yeah. one else is seeing that. Right. But I feel the same way with podcasting. Like when people like talk about podcasting, I can put out episodes. Don't listen to my own. And they're like, right. well, like, is that like good? I'm just still like, well, yeah. Like if I can take criticism, if someone's like, you could improve right. on this. I'm like, that's fine. But yeah. Like, it's not that I don't, I don't think I yeah. screw it up. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's, I just it's don't want to sit weird... there and over criticize where it's like, Oh, I heard right. myself breathe. And they're just right. like, you're allowed to breathe. I'm like, no, 
No, I'm good. And, and it's true. You know, when I was a kid too, it was, you know, everybody that was my age was watching that show. And it was like, I did it three weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like I already lived yeah. that experience. I did it. I know how the show turns out. Like I, I, I'm over it. I'm done. I've moved on to the next thing. So, you know, I was like, why would I want to watch it again? I already know. I read that script. Like, <laughs> you know, I know what happens. And, and people always were like, but you're a kid. Like, weren't you so excited to see yourself on TV? And I was like, not, not really. Like I never, really? I, I just was never like thought it was that big a deal. I, I, yeah. I was never like, oh, wow, I'm on TV. It was like, well, it's just what I do and I love it and it's fun. So. I like, I like that response better than like, you know, like I was on TV and like, yes, everyone bowed down to me. And I was like, no. you better bow down to me. Like, God. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I was, I definitely was like, it's what I do. It's what I love doing, but like, it's just a piece of me, you know? No, that's fair. Like, I want to ask you, cause I know at a young age, like you were in dance mm -hmm. and ballet. So like, yes, we can, we can get in like, I know people kind of like a linear conversation, but I tell people like with conversations, yeah. You don't sit down to your friend and say, all right, like, let's talk about how you started your day. Right. Like, no, you just go wherever, right? right? But I wanted to start there because dance and ballet at three. So, like, what brought you necessarily into acting? Because I know I was in bowling at a young age. I thought I was going to be, like, more of a sports guy. Right. But then, like, people were like, Tobin, just shut your goddamn mouth. I'm like, I'm going to use my mouth one day for good. I don't know if it has got there right. yet. But, yeah. I... You know, I love. I just loved performing. I loved dancing. I loved making people laugh, even when I was little. Like I just liked that energy. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, as a little kid at like three or four, I wanted to dance and take tap and do all these things. And my mom saw how much I enjoyed performing, and that I really wanted to do more. And I, you know, I, I, I wanted to. I was like, I want to be on TV. I want to do those things. And you know, my parents weren't connected to the business. They didn't think anything of it. So. It just sort of, it was like a, a real snowball effect in that it started as like something very small and then like a little bit here and there and some print ads and then a couple commercials. And then yeah. it was, you know, and then the, the ball just kept rolling and, and it's kind of continued ever since. When you first landed, say, Full House, mm -hmm. and then you've seen it go into, I think it's like seven or I believe it's seven or eight seasons. Eight seasons, like, yeah. So like, do you at that point, like, I know it's still young, but when you look back now, we're like... I guess when you first got the role, you're kind of like, great. Like I got, I got a gig, I got a job, but I didn't even, you know, I did never auditioned for full house. I, oh, okay. I had done a, a guest appearance on another show that was by the same producers and they had full house in development at the time. Okay. And so I had never, I never auditioned for the show and I, I just kind of wound up doing it. I was barely five. So for me, like, it wasn't really a lot of thought. It was just, I enjoy doing this right now. Like, this is the, you know, I wasn't like, ah, oh, my career. Or then, you know, it was like, this at is five, fun. At five-year-old walk, five walking into the room, all right, guys, this is where I see my career going. They're like, you're five, right. relax. <laughs> right. So, you know, it wasn't quite like that. But I, um, you know, I, I, I think as the show grew over the years and it became, you know, where it was like, I like going to the mall, everybody would recognize me, things like that that's when it was like, Oh yeah, this is kind of a big deal. Because again, for me, I like, I went to public school. I would go to school in the morning and then I'd go to work in the afternoon just because where we lived and driving back and forth with traffic and everything. And I was really grateful for that because it meant that I sort of got to have like a, a normal experience in some ways of just a regular outside of LA Hollywood life of just a normal elementary school kid. Yeah. So that it, there was a balance to it as I as I went along. 
you know, but I, I don't think you ever really, I mean, even to this day, like I'll go to another country or I hear people who I have great respect for people like that. I really admire um, who maybe aren't in entertainment, but are, you know, either politicians or speakers or authors or whatever. And from all over the world. And they'll be like, Oh my gosh, I, you know, I used my sister and I watched your show in Saudi Arabia growing up or my, you know, in Japan, like the show still airs on in cabs. We would, we were in Japan and the show pops on the, the little screens in the TV, in the taxi cabs. It, you just don't understand until you're like somewhere else in the world or someone tells you that they, you know, emigrated to the U S and watched full house with their family. And that's how they learned English. Like there's yeah. so, so many instances of that. And it's, it, it's really cool. And it's still to this day, like I, I live a pretty normal life. I don't, I, 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 my life is quiet and I kind of like it that way other than like the, what I do for a living, but yeah. my life is normal and I like it that way. And sometimes I forget like, Oh, that's right. Like other people know my, who I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so there, yeah. there, it's just, it's, it's, and it also has been my entire life. Like I've never, I never really could remember a life outside of being in entertainment as a kid. So this has just always been what it's been, you know? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, I know I, I want to talk to you a little bit like about because about the normalcy of life. Like I know when you mm -hmm. said you go to you go to school just like a normal kid. And when you go to school like a normal kid now, it's, it's a little bit uh, somewhat of a two way sort here because everyone gets bullied in some case. Oh, yeah. Right. But like it's it's different for I feel like a normal kid when they get bullied because it's like a specific thing of like that day of like for me, it was always like I had a birthmark or the big ears. And I was right, just, right, like, right. when you're when you're younger, you're like. And they'll right, find anything. Yeah, Kids yeah. are they'll it's your name rhymes with or oh yeah. You're saying you know, like oh, stupid bad. shit that's not you're <laughs> like, this doesn't even matter. What do you yeah. do? And you're and like as a kid though, you're like, this is so embarrassing. And then you look at it, you're like, oh my god, they were really stretching for that one yeah. to even have anything to make fun of. But but you know, it was it definitely I was not the normal kid. I, you know, I wished yeah. for times I could probably blend into a wall because as much as I lived a quote unquote normal life, you know, half the time, I definitely was not a normal kid in the, in the classroom to them. So like, what would be, and I know I'm probably like thinking back, but what's one that you think like, cause being bullied, like something that really stuck, like a, a comment or something, you look back at it now and you're like, it's funny, you know, but I, it, they never, it was always, they, they would make fun about, you know, they would make fun of stuff on the show. So they would like okay. make fun of like something that Stephanie did on the show and I, as I got older, I remember, uh, like, it, you know, towards like middle school and high school when people would be like, oh, and how rude is that? And I was like, I mean, you watched it. I didn't, you know, what I, mean? I was like, and yeah, it was yeah. true. I was like, you, you watched the show. Like, obviously, you know it well enough to know what the storyline was from last Friday to make fun of me in class on Monday about it. So, oh, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know what I, I, like, what do you, what do you want me to say to that? Like, right. I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. And, and you just kind of learned that, like, and, and it also was like, they're not making, they weren't necessarily making fun of me. They're making fun of this character that I am. And like, I think it was more the assumptions that I was 
because I was famous before I even met people at school or in class or whatever, and teachers too. I mean, I had teachers that were awful to me. That people would have this preconceived notion that you're going to come into class thinking that you're hot shit. And I was like, that's not who I am. So they're expecting to meet that person. And then when you come in and you're like, I'm just kind of quiet and like wanting to blend in and like, I don't, I don't quite know the lay of the land yet. Then they're like, Oh, see, she is quiet and standoffish. She thinks she's, you know what I mean? And you're like, that's not it. (laughs) So, you know, that was always the thing was, I think people, it was more that people thought I was going, they expected me to be really impressed with the fact that I was on TV and I wasn't, and they were, you know what I mean? It was like this weird, they were like, but aren't you, don't you think you're hot shit? And I was like, no, I don't. I just want to go to school. The only, like, I can't, I can't necessarily relate to it full context, but like a story that I remember, like that, I I guess it kind of relates now. You can be like, no, I don't relate at all. But like, I love, like, I'm a big Detroit Red Wings fan. So the year okay. that they went to the cup, like, you know, when right. you pick a team, you know that you're Dude, getting look, criticized. Dave Coulier yeah. is a huge Red Wings fan. I mean, oh, yeah. He, we, we, oh, we'll, yeah, talk, yeah. we'll talk about yes. Coulier. We'll talk. But, like, it's like, I remember being a Detroit Red Wings fan. And, like, the year prior, or like, like you always get bullied because it's just a, like your team gets eliminated in the playoffs. Right. Your team like, sucks. Right, you're, you're, right. Going to, you're going to school like, fuck. Like, I got to go endure. Detroit right. sucks or whatever. And I remember I was like, you know what? I went in one year and I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to like indulge in it. So like I'd have people be like, Red Wings suck. I'm like, yeah, they're pretty bad. And I know they're not, but I'm just like, yeah. Right, but you're like, what? Yeah. I would say it takes, you know, it takes two people to have an argument and it's like, one person arguing and yelling is just a crazy person. Two people doing it is an argument. One person doing it is just by themselves yelling. You know what I mean? So like you just walk away and you give them nothing to... Well, that's what I used to do. Go back and forth with, and then they get bored of it. They used to just be like, so it was like playoffs, and then they'd be like, "Do you think Anaheim's going to put out Detroit?" And I'm like, "Well, Anaheim got a good team, I guess." And then like they win the cup that year, and I'm just like, in my mind, because I'm still young, I'm like, man, all this time I just had to avoid the confrontation and go win every (laughs) year. Right, right, right. (laughs) Obviously, all I've just been wanting it too bad. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then the next year they lose to Pittsburgh, and like some guy in my class drives by my house at twelve and starts barping the horn. I'm like, oh, we're back. I'm like, okay, we're back. We're back. We're back. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's it's the fun of it. It's like no one gets really hurt. It's a sports team. Like it's not like right. You know, you live and die by it. But right, kids, kids can be can be pretty cool. But I cruel <laughs> excuse me uh, they can be cool can be and cruel, cruel. Yeah. they can be both they can be both and you know i will say though that like i so much of the resilience i think that i have now came from learning how to have to be really secure in myself regardless of what everyone else in the room thought you know what i mean like i had to really know and like me and that wasn't always easy, but like, as I've gotten older, I look back on all those times that maybe I, you know, kids were making fun of me or teasing me or just school life was difficult, which it is for all of us that I look at it and I go, oh, I'm so glad though, because that like, had I not had any of that, it tests your ability to bounce back and to like, learn how to let things slide and learn what, you know, what matters and what doesn't. And also, you know, to like, learn what really, what to take into consideration from other people. Cause a lot of times people are like, you're like, I don't, you couldn't say anything you want to me. Like, I don't literally means nothing. (laughs) You know, I tell my kids that too, like with people on the internet, I'm like, they could say, do they know you? Do they know? Like (laughs) you're blue and an alien and have three heads and whatever. Like, are you going to get upset about that? No. I was like, right. Cause it's not in anywhere true. So like, who cares? You have to like, it's learning how to be, 
like that. And it's hard, you know, I wouldn't want to be, I don't think I would want to grow up in today's business as a kid. Yeah. That's what I was going to go to. Cause I was like, you know, the time frame now of like, when you're looking at like, and again, it's, we talked about like the, the different shape of TV and everything now, right. like you had to be really into a TV show to commit to kind of form your schedule around it. Right. Now I find like, I, I love that 70s show. I'm giving that 90s show a chance. Right. And I like it, but like you go online and you read people like kind of downgrade or criticize. Like, I don't know how right. old these people are. They're probably like 12, 13. Now, right, right, right. Ashton Kutcher and then wasn't 12 and 13 playing like the roles they are. But right, like, right. The way social media is, it's instant. It's in real right. time. And right. I look at it and like they criticize a character named Ozzy. Now, some people criticize him just because they're like, he's not funny, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? That's fair if you think that. But it's like, there's still a person on that role that like in three or right. four seasons, if they get written out because of your comments. I, I think too, it's, I mean, it's the thing now just with social media in general that like we all find that it's real easy to say things and to go off on a tirade at something or someone that isn't right directly in front of you yeah. in a way that you never would uh, criticize or talk about them or a show you like or what someone wore or whatever in a way that you would do to their face. And, yeah. you know, now it's like, that's what people do for entertainment online is just shred each other apart. I mean, it's entire yeah. platforms and it's, and unfortunately it's not like, you know, Oh, if, if you're a terrible person, you're into it. It's just got the weird human nature thing that we all are like, Ooh, that's terrible. I want to keep doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now like, I wouldn't want to, be one of those kids that had to grow up with everyone's comments about me being online and everywhere and omnipresent and everyone paying attention to it. It's bad enough when it's just, you know, the kids in your class and you're getting shit and people are making fun of you and whatever, or you do something stupid and people pay attention. Like now it's just I unfortunate. Like, a, like we, yeah. I, I think it, it, it's, it's really sad. I mean, I don't see how you grow up in this business anymore and not really, really have it uh, sort of tear you apart at well, a I much know, earlier I, I, age. I know you say like you don't watch a lot of like sitcoms, but you do watch like documentaries. Now you might yes. have seen it, and feel free to say you haven't. Like it's not a shot at anyone, but like I grew up with like again with Full House and stuff. But it's like I remember kind of diving into like Hannah Montana, Wizards of Waverly Place. Now yeah, I, haven't yeah, yeah. Watched, I haven't watched Wizards, but like Selena, like seeing like the whole yeah. documentary on Selena. Like I haven't really, I haven't watched it, but a, I've seen clips. Some of those, and I think too, it's sort of always been that way. Like, like the, the Disney kids, that, that TV show to like full on pop star. Yeah direction like they re that's what they do that's what they set these kids up to be it's a machine yeah and you know there are parents who aren't don't always have the purest of intentions that get their kids involved in it and you know it i think that type of fame and popularity i think it just sort of it it breeds inherently problematic things into parent-child relationships if the parent wants it more like my parents had nothing to do with this business we're always like if you love it great if you start hating this like just go you know it's not they, they it wasn't that they it was their dream or you know yeah. they were like great we don't that's fine this is not our dream this is what you love to do but you see so many kids particularly in some of those 
like Disney Nickelodeon like type environments right. where yeah. they just really really and it's every free moment every single thing and now you know it's like they're constantly doing a media thing or a social media tour yeah. or a live or a this or that and you if you're not doing that and online and promoting and and streaming and broadcasting every bit of yourself for public consumption it, you're not engaged and someone else is going to do it yeah and 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 get that coveted you know pop star whatever it's like i don't know how many times we have to see people really go off the rails from that kind of attention before we're like maybe this isn't great <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean and it's I, I, but i do think there's like there's levels to it and i think as time has gone on it's just gotten so much more focused and intense for young people in this business and even not in this business just the yeah. social media landscape in general then add on being well, on that kind of a show it's it's a lot well, yeah like i mean just in like i know in a celebrity's case like the, i guess in in a kind of a contrast it's like growing up in the 90s being a kid and like you know being a celebrity compared to you know like you're looking like i'm not i, I will be open about it and say like when bieber first came out it was kind of like okay like i guess i like zombies tunes but it's like right whatever but like now i, I enjoy bieber like there are moments yeah. that i'm just still like I, uh, he's around my age, but at the same point, it was like when he was like 16 or 17 doing crazy shit or getting in. Right. I mean, so was I, but here I and am on social media going, man, Beaver's a tool, but it's like, so are you, right? So like, are you, right. All of us. I mean, I, I think I just, I don't envy any of the young people in this business today trying to figure out who the hell they are while doing it in such a, an insanely public way. Like, yeah. it's just, it's, it's hard it's to do. Like, you know what? Like I, I'm a podcaster and I like, I'll see some fellow podcasters that always go live and I'll, and I'm just like, that's great. And if you're really into it, awesome. But like, I'm not going to go do a live just for the sense of doing a goddamn right. live. I See, I'm, <laughs> I'm terrible at it. I, uh, social media for me is I'm, I, I realize my age. That's what I'll yeah. say. I realize that I'm, I just turned yeah. 41. I realized yeah. just how happy belated. Happy belated. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I see, when I'm like, Oh, I just don't want to, I don't want to deal with this. And I see my kids who, you know, and I was reading this whole article about Gen Z and Snapchatting pictures of the ceiling and this and that, that yeah. to people my age and our age is like, why would you do that? But it's, that's just what it is. And like, it's such a different frame of mind and it feels like it's moving so quickly that that for me is the thing where I go, yeah, I'm the old person that's like on my way out with Instagram and like TikTok is too much work. And I, I have a life, I have things I have to do and I can't spend 20 minutes editing every video of every moment of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I, I will I will dive into that a little bit with like I know when I was in university and I used to get really like the, and you know people are gonna be like a little bit I guess I hope no one cancels me over it I, I doubt it because why would they but it's like I remember being like twenty odd and like you say you'd start texting your friends and you're just like when you don't get that instant reply you're just like guess I mean nothing to this person right, okay right. and then right like, it's nah. that teenage sort of ev the world revolves around me yeah. obviously no one else yeah. has anything going on I need all of the attention like. And it's hard. I, my daughters are 14 and 12. And look, yeah. like being a parent and looking at them and going like, what is wrong with you? And you're like, oh, there's like a whole part of your brain that hasn't quite figured it out yet. But it's so hard to think back to when you were yes. the person that didn't yeah. have that part, yeah. that it seems entirely unrelatable. And that this young person in front of you must obviously be broken. And then you're like, yeah. oh, no, wait, I think 
that was all of us. We were all pretty well broken. Yeah. And then we kind of figured it out. <laughs> I just, I would just be like, you know, sending text messages. Like I, I would be like, I don't know if you, the song Halsey 3am really rings oh, right, in, right, in my yeah. ear because I'm just like, yeah, I was probably like two or three in the morning, just sending texts to people being like, if someone replies, right. great. If no one replies and it's like seven in the morning, at least I have someone to talk to that day. But then right, it's yes. Now exactly. it's like it's when just... I get a text, I'm like, oh goody, someone sent me a text. But at the same time, like, dude, I'm fucking playing Mario Kart. Can you fucking wait? <laughs> and then there's just a like, it's like, no, I like you right. sent we me are, a message earlier. We all <laughs> want we all want immediate gratification now, you know. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's changed the way we watch TV. Sort of talking about like, yeah, you know, we want to binge shows now. If there's an HBO show that comes out, you know, once yeah. a week, we're like, oh, I have to wait a week. But you know, it seems yeah. so outrageous, but it's all of our attention spans and the way that we kind of operate in the world has shifted. And, you know, I think, I guess, I, I guess I'm finally realizing that generational gap that happens when you're old enough to be like, I'm glad it was the way it was when I was, young. you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. your kids go, you're old. Like yeah. that's when, you know, ah, uh, yes, I've well, finally arrived. That's, middle that's age. it. <laughs> like you, you go on like those apps and you see like some people making like comedy bits about like you were born in 19, 19. I'm like, hold on now. But right, right. I, yeah. I had, I had a Christmas. So I have it like, if, if I can put this the right way. So all this is Detroit stuff here. Oh, but nice. At Christmas time, I have like the Sears wish books that they used to come out with. Oh my gosh. And uh, I showed my niece and uh, she was like, so how does that work again? I'm just like, oh, like right, we would circle it. Yeah, we would circle it. I and would then cut make it list. out. Yeah. My mom still has them somewhere. The Sears wish book, man. That was yeah. Like you could order anything out of the Sears catalog and I would go to the toy section and I would cut out with like little safety scissors yeah, and yeah. Glue, before I could write when I was like, you know, three, four years old and would glue stick and stick it on the page like so that, you know, that <laughs> Santa was very clear. Yeah. on what i wanted for christmas i, w- I would um, just like when I now was my younger, kids send me yeah. lists with like hyperlinks and i can just click on the link when i'm you know it's a buy oh, yeah. i'm like this is insane it was just like i would mark it down of like you know wrestlers page five and then like you'd show right? it and like and then they'd be like okay now at the time there was like walmart kmart wherever but like there's something to be said of if someone sends you like my nephew if he likes toronto and you'll see like the black toronto jersey he just sends right. me a link and i'm like done boom done now, yeah it's, that's it's, it it's, but like i feel like sadly and people are going to be like man that sounds like such a weird way to say it but like i kind of do miss the aspect of him just giving me a list me going through the list and me like i'm going to walmart and then when you go to walmart right. you kind of see other things that things, you might right. like right but, i see i still am a person i yeah. i'm i this is my old the old lady in me i <laughs> i still i use a pen and paper like I don't, yeah. I mean, I do write some notes and things on my phone, but like, if I have to remember something, I've got to write it down. I like to read actual books with pages Okay. because I, I like, I don't know. I just, I, I, it's the, it's where I realize I'm like slowly becoming the old lady who's going to go live in the woods by herself it, because I'm like, ah, oh, it's just this technology. I want a piece of paper that I can touch or yeah. I like going to a store to shop like and be yeah. like oh actually that looks like them or i thought i wanted this but actually i want that you know yeah. whatever it is anyway it's i'm old i'm 41 <laughs> now and it's crazy to think that in just that short amount of time where i started in this business and where i'm at now and like the huge shift and change globally that's gone on yeah. and the fact that full house and fuller house have like continued on through all of that is that for me is is 
insane. Well, before, like before we touch on Fuller House, because I do want to mention Fuller House and a couple more topics there, but like to kind of bring up your story, like, you know, when you're saying about getting old and like whatnot, but like, I remember like, because I'm in Newfoundland now, but I went to school in Ottawa and there was like, okay. there, used to, there used to be a pub and now they renamed the pub, but I went there with my friend one time uh, recently. And I remember mm-hmm. going to that pub when I was like 20 odd. And like, I was kind of like the Arnold of like the magic school bus where I'm like, oh no, like I should have right, stayed right. home today. But like, I'm just like, we're kind of going away from campus guys. This is not cool. Right, right. Just relax. And then like, now that I look back and I'm like, yeah, you were fine. Like you were only like two blocks away, but I look at it now older and I seen like a whole bunch of girls walk in one time and they're like, it's winter. And it was like, they're just in dresses. And like the 20 year old Brian would probably be like, good targets. Like, let's talk to them. Let's, right, let's go talk to them. But right, like, right, right. <laughs> like the 28, 30 year old was just like, Oh my God. It's like, do you got a jacket? You need a like, coat. Yeah. You're actually cold. <laughs> and, right. And, I, and my, my, my friend I yell was at my just kids really, about yeah. taking jackets with them. <laughs> yeah. You need a jacket. It's my co- friend was just LA, like, you're you going to ruin, you're going to ruin their night. I was just like, or, They'll look back at it when they're 30 and be like, remember that someone guy? someone won't have pneumonia. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's your yeah. priorities change. Suddenly yeah. I go probably out and think I'm like, like 55. I want to sit down. <laughs> right. Yeah. They'll be like, how old are you? I'll be like, I'm sorry. They're like, oh, it's like, sure, we can hang out. I'm like, like get a jacket first. They'll be just be like, right. Brian, you're ruining <laughs> you this can't for You go yourself. out in the cold like this? <laughs> yeah. They'll be, like, they'll be like, Brian, you had a shot with that girl, but you ruined it when you told her to get a jacket. I'm like, well, you know what? <laughs> She's she'll probably she's be going cool. home. I was worried. She's fine. <laughs> I'm fine because now she's fine. It's like you don't even right. know, but like mentally, I'm feeling I that feel she's better. Cold. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. Well, here we are, a few years after we left our previous jobs. We've been busy. We have a podcast. I know, you're thinking, who doesn't? But ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors. Activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn. Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, Women of Ill Repute. I want to talk to you about Fuller House, too, because, again, once Full House ends, it's been like quite some time since Fuller House. Now, we Mm -hmm. talked about the landscape changing. It's no longer sitting down, watching it in terms of, like, scheduling your day. So, like, tell me, number one, how did you essentially agree to it? Because I know there was some back and forth between the other ones. We won't say, like, you know, the the twins that right, they, they thought they were going to be there, and then they weren't, and then Stamos no, had to there come was out never- and say, there was never any, I think, question that they weren't that they want were going to be a part of it. I think yeah. people, the audience, probably Soon, held out hope. Probably, we knew yeah. that, like, that's not what they do. It's not what they want to do. And it wasn't like because they hated us. It was they were just like, <laughs> we don't act. We don't. We haven't acted <laughs> since we were children. It would be like yeah. someone being like, remember that time you did a school play in kindergarten? Okay, we want you to come be in a TV show now. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, I yeah. don't <laughs> do that anymore. That's that not the same person. So I think that was, people didn't quite get that, that they somehow it was like a personal thing Um, and it never was, but yeah, you know, I, 
was actually in it from from the beginning. Candace, Andrea, and myself, along with John Stamos and uh, Jeff Franklin, the producer, executive producer and creator, and um, a couple other producers, had we were going in and pitching it to okay. ABC Family and Hulu and you know all these different networks. And you know it was funny because we knew that there was an audience for it, and people were like, "Well, I don't know." You know, it was it was, and of course. Years before reboots were a thing, yeah, we were pitching it. So it took you know a couple of years before the show was even on, and then we were still one of the first like successful reboot shows. So yeah. in the days of pitching this, people were like, "I think people want to go back and watch the same show over again." And we were like, "I think they might," you know. Yeah, it's only they turns knew. out we we're right. It was <laughs> right, and so we we went and did all of these pitches, and one of the pitches we had, I think, was it it may have been at Nickelodeon and I was working at like a regular job at the time. I was like, look, I've, bills got to be paid. I got kids like life. And I, I kind of moved on and um, you know, I was like, fine, I'll, I'll keep pitching this. I'll, you know, see where it goes. It was one of those, like, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. And we went, there was this pitch to Nickelodeon. I couldn't leave my regular job that day. Some insanity happened and I had to stay Candace and Andrea, I think, went to the old Nickelodeon building on like ones in Burbank and ones in Santa Monica. So like totally okay. other si opposite sides of L.A. John couldn't make like it was the worst. Pit. Like every just all the wheels fell off on yeah. this uh, pitch at Nickelodeon, I guess. And then a couple months later, one of the executives that had been at Nickelodeon and heard that pitch and heard the idea had wound up uh, moving over to Netflix. Okay. And I want to say Brian Grazer. I might be wrong on the last name. I feel really bad. But anyway, he went over to Netflix and was like, yeah, you guys. So they're kind of pitching this like full house reboot thing. And I think it might. Be. And they brought us in. And that was how we wound up at Netflix was really from completely blowing it somewhere else. And someone just hearing the idea. And when they made yeah. a move being like, I think that's actually something that might work. And Especially and the landscape did. of like what Netflix is, right? Like, right. And yeah. it was Netflix was looking, you know, this was at the time they were really looking to kind of anchor their like family tell like yeah. watchings that people could watch together. They had a lot of like House of Cards and that style of show and then like kids cartoon shows, but there wasn't anything like family related, Fuller, yeah. Fuller House. Right. And so that was really how the show completely took off again. And it was then I think that people finally realized like just how popular the show was and was continuing to be. Um, and even with, you know, with Fuller House and what it was. And it, we were one of the first reboot shows that kind of did it a little bit differently that followed some of the same characters and brought them back. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was, I think, really well done. And I, it's something I was really proud of. Well, I mean, you survived, like, say, one or two seasons, right? Which is always, like, that threshold. Five. We yeah. did five. No, no, like that's what I'm saying. Like, you, oh, right. Because, like, you know, every, like the threshold now compared, and again, like, I don't want to always right. go back to comparing it, but like now, oh, but it's, you, you do it. You, you would have a season. Yeah. Well, in, you know, in the old days, in the old days, God, in the old, I just yeah. dated myself. I'm drinking yeah. tea also, yeah. by the way. What has happened? Yeah. No, but in the original days of network television, a season would be. 24 to 26 episodes exactly yeah. and now a season of a show on netflix is 10. like 8 10 13 if you're lucky yeah usually around 10 to 12 and so 
you have like, and their analytics are like the whole way it's popular now is different. And so it's just, it's weird to think that like, it's such a, it's just such a, a change from how you used to be able to rate how some, how popular something was. Now it's like, it could be huge in a, you know, a particular niche market and not necessarily be anywhere else, but really, really successful on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon yeah. or whatever in its own little world. So, because I, I think it's just like the way I, the way I've said it to many people too, of like when you're watching stuff on Netflix and like you see 10 episodes, like it's great. Cause it's like trying to build it to the consumer of how much you can right. watch, but like you still need regardless of, like way back when or now, like to, to kind of judge something on 10 episodes or a season, like you kind of like right. develop like, yeah, I, you get I, like two seasons. I'm like, I need to yeah. see where this is going. Yeah. Like, you know, like, and if I, you try I, and wrap yeah. it all up in the first season, I'm like, well, yeah, well, no, it's what? not, it's know, not right. going to work. Like I remember on a whim at one time going to Walmart and I was binge watching like again it's not to be mean but it's like you know friends full house boy meets world and i was yeah. like i'm done like I've, I've seen it enough that's it right so like i was like oh there's how i met your mother and i didn't know anything about it i just liked the title and then there was big bang and i think i i kind of got into how i met your mother first but i think mm -hmm. after the first season i was like i think i'm putting this away i think this is a bad purchase and then like <laughs> i gave it like another bit of time and it's one right. of my favorites big bang i think it was like a constant like tried it once no, tried it twice. No. And then the third time I was like, you gotta at least get past season two. And then when I right. got past season two, I was like, all right, now we're bringing in Howard. We're bringing in. Well, Roz. and I think you kind of, you know, it, it's hard as a, an actor and producer and director and stuff in the business now, because you know, you don't have a very long time to a yeah. capture the audience's interest because they just don't have the attention span like they do anymore. So you have that first episode to hook. No, people like, aren't like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. People aren't gonna come in, you know, and be like, "I'll give it two or three episodes." They're like, "No, no, no. I'm the first half hour, and I'm done." Yeah, yeah. And so you know, you have very limited audience attention span, and you have to get, you have to hook them like with something really great, and then keep it that way. There's no longer the like sort of you know people freaked out on Game of Thrones when it's like it's a filler episode. You're like, it's not a filler episode. It's just. Yeah. Not every episode is a red wedding, you know, or a, <laughs> or a something yeah. huge. Has. Sometimes you've got to kind of get from point A to point B. And I think in some ways we've lost the ability to follow that arc more gently. We want like action, 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 crazy finale. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's a lot a to big, keep up with. I'm a big wrestling fan. So it's like when, okay. watch, watching it, like when growing up, like is it, you're still a kid, but watching it as a kid growing up, you're kind of like, all right, cool. Like who's coming out next? Who's coming into the world? Like, you right. know, like, cause there's no internet you don't know. But now like as an adult, that's kind of keeps up with it. It's like you right. go online and you see people mad that a storyline is taking a year to develop. And then when that finally happens, right. They're the same people that will be like, <laughs> Oh my God, that, like that was worth it. I'm just like, but three months ago, three you, months, right. out, you didn't like, want to wait. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's a waiting process. I, I do want to mention though, like I, I know you mentioned about your podcast and I, I kind of dived into it a little bit. So number one, like what made you start the podcast? Tell us a little bit about what it was about. And uh, then we're yeah. going to branch from that. Cause I do have questions for that as well. <laughs> Got it. Um, well, the podcast uh, is called never thought I'd say this. And we are actually wrapping up with our, our last little bit of episodes um, that are going to air this year. But my, it's with my friend Celia Behar and I, she and I are best friends. And she also has two girls that are around the same age as my daughters. And we started the podcast, 
like six years ago now or so. So it's been a while and our kids were a lot younger. And it really came out of our ridiculous stories of parenting, of like things that you never thought you'd have to talk to another human being about, that you have to have a conversation with a kid about like things that you can't eat or do, or like don't stick a fork in the toaster, you know, like stuff that you just kind of forget that doesn't come automatically pre-programmed. And then also the really funny stories and the really like scary nerve wracking ones that you face as a parent. And so it, it was this overarching comedy parenting best friends podcast. Um, and we're wrapping that up now and sort of transitioning into another podcast that's going to be coming out uh, with Celia and I with Comedy Store Records called um, This Friendship is Fucked. And oh, it's going to okay. be a little bit more comedy, uh, friendship centered. We're not going to bring up our kids and, and yeah. do all that. Because now that they're in like middle school and high school, like their stories are not like funny. Oh, I left the snack. It's, you know, now it's like yeah. personal stuff. I'm like, it's not, yeah, you don't want that. Not, not as, no, that's not, that's not out there for. for it's the more, public, it's but. more like when they're smaller and you get a story, like a case in point of if your parents, cause this actually happened, but my parents one time when they left, they said like, whoever calls, like, don't let them know that we're gone. And right. I was like, got it. So then like my aunt calls and she's like, Hey, it's like, you're, it's like, is your mom around? I was like, right. no, where's she to? I can't tell you. And then it was like, <laughs> literally, and then when I come home, my mom's like, well, I didn't mean literally like, right. like if the cops called, why would you I tell them? You I knew, was, right. Yeah. And I was like, no, like I took you verbatim That's it. what you, you said. said. Like I, it's literal. You told my me. My mom told me one time <laughs> I would be grounded for life. If I ever talked in class again, the next day I talked in class, I got my name on the board. I was like, this is it. Crying, <laughs> sobbing. The teacher's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, you don't understand. Yeah, I'm grounded for life. I'm never yeah. leaving my house. And like, the teacher was like, I don't, I yeah, don't think I, that's I don't actually true. Yeah, yeah. But that's kids, right? And so like, the, you know, just wild, funny stories. And then, you know, there's no manual for parenting. So like talking yeah. about the real stuff, the things that are fun, the things that are not so fun and giving our listeners and, and other parents out there a place to share their ridiculous, crazy, wild stories, their frustrations and not be judged or feel like a bad parent for it. And to just, you know, be like, yeah, this parenting shit is wild. And like, yeah. We're all doing our best and we're all going to need therapy at some point. So that's, yeah. let's just put that out there now. And that is what it is. <laughs> well, like there, there is an image that I remember from grade one and it's not like, I don't know why it sticks with me, but I just think it's funny because similar to your story there where it's like, I remember there was a girl in that named Allison and she was crying mm-hmm. for like some reason. And the teacher like just came over and she's like, kind of like grabbed her and like, not like mean, but just like enough to like, put it together, right. like pull herself together. Right. lady. And she was that just was like, what the teacher did yeah, to me. She was like, yeah. you're not going to be grounded for life and i was like but i am but she said to her she's just like if you cry now you will have no tears later in life i'm like and like as a child i was like imagining her falling over her bike and like right i can't cry and i like and like i still think about that to this day where i'm just like like you look at comedy bits and it's like someone just like you know silently turning over on a bike and then just staying there i'm just like that's what allison would be like to me today where it's just like Where's all the tears? It's like, rem- right. I use them, them all. I They're all gone. Right. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you a little bit more, like, I guess a little bit more personal or serious topic. I know you're kind of a little bit open to it, but feel free if you're not, yeah. that's fine. But like, I know we have like mental health awareness. We talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that, but I want to ask you, cause obviously when big, ha- or I was just talking about big house, but like when full house got canceled, mm-hmm. like you're 13, it's tough. Right. right? But like, for sure. I know- you kind of went through this lapse of like, uh, you had alcohol for the first time at 14. Uh, I, you know, I, yeah. 
it's interesting because we were kind of talking about it too earlier and like yeah. all of this, the, those stupid things that we do as, as kids. And for those of us who have more of a, an issue or a predisposition to addiction or all of those yeah. things, you know, we start doing those stupid things in like high school and most of the time it kind of sorts itself out. But, you know, for me, it was, it took a lot of my twenties to really figure that out. And, and yeah. again, it goes back to that figuring out who I was outside of the character I played outside yeah. of the attention that I got. And so, you know, for a long time, I think I just didn't quite know who that person was. And so it was like, sure, I'll, t I'll whatever you've got, I'll try to figure out yeah. who I am. And, you know, I think it's one of those things that, again, I know so many people who have gone through it, who were my age that I grew up with people that didn't make it out of their teens who overdosed and things like people that are in my neighborhood around the corner from me and stuff. And I grew up in a, you know, nice neighborhood, good schools, like, and nobody knew about their stories. Yeah. You know, nobody focused on the, their attention. And so I think what my thing always was with, the reason I, I have just always decided to be open about my issues with addiction and alcoholism and things was that we tend to think that, that it doesn't happen everywhere, that not everyone yeah. is affected by this and that it's just, Oh, those, you know, those fucked up kid stars or people in that business or that. And you're like, no, it's, it's your neighbor. It's the kid around the corner. It's everyone. And when we share those stories, suddenly the families of those people don't feel like they have something to be ashamed of, that it's a failing on their part, that either the person who is struggling with addiction isn't weak or wrong or bad, yeah. that sharing the stories about what I've been through and getting sober and like all of the, you know, the really hard things that I had to deal with. I think it's never, I've never heard someone I, I've never regretted sharing it because I've always had someone come up to me and say that it was really important or made them think or helped someone that they loved or themselves. And so I'm like, you know what, as scary as it might be and as much as I might hate bringing up the past or talking about like who I yeah. was, I know that being open and honest and just real about the shit that we all go through is the point of it all you know yeah and i don't and i mean like i don't want to like press you on it but it's just like oh I, yeah I, I, like i'm bringing it up because the conversation and you want to be respectful to the act yeah, yeah. On, but like the reason that i kind of wanted to bring it up because like you know it's rare to have these kind of conversations with people like yourself but like mm -hmm. i look back at it and like there was a point in time where again like when the internet was hoax and everything was like right up, right like, right it's like Jalel White that played Urkel. Like I remember seeing an article where they were like, "Yeah, Jalel will or like you know shot himself," and this was and I was like, "No, he, like what?" I was like, "But in right. my mind, when I got older, I was like, I can understand that because you're related to this character, and that's all you know him for." Right. Or when I like, and again, it's before my time, and there's going to be people like, "Great, thanks for aging me," but like the character on like different strokes, and I think right, Howard right, Stern right. had her on. And right, Dana was yeah. like very adamant of like do a drug test. We, and then she and I right, was just it's, like, that's it, a little bit like much. It was I well, I think we have moved a long way. We still have a long way to go, but I think yeah. the discussions that we have now about mental health and addiction as a mental health issue and not as a personality failing or as yeah. like you're a trashy human you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. i mean let's be real that was sort of it was a judgment thing it was like oh you must obviously be like a bad person 
Yeah. And I think now our conversations about mental health and anxiety and depression and addiction and all of those things have come so far that it's like to see someone treat someone who had struggled with addiction like that. Now people would be like, what are you doing? That's not how you, that's not how you talk to people. And so I'm grateful to have been, I, I would like to think a voice in that movement of talking about it and normalizing it and moving away from the exploitation of it, the, the shows, you know, intervention and, you know, Dr. Drew and things like that, that I, I, you know, celebrity rehab and stuff, which I always really had a problem with. I just think that once we got to the point where we're like, no, this is, this is a, a, something that people need help with and we don't get to be mean to them because of it really changed how we have these conversations. And, and so many people now come out and they're like, yeah, you know, my, I struggled with this or my kid or my sister or my, you know, whereas before people would be like, I don't want to talk about that. It's like, that's like a family thing that like, Oh, we're not going to reveal our secrets. And it's like, well, we're only as sick as our secrets. We're only as, you know, as fucked up as the things that we keep inside that we, that we let eat us alive. Yeah. And I just wasn't, I didn't want to do that anymore. (laughs) I was like, it's not, that's not, that's too much. Yeah. Cause I know, cause again, to be completely honest, like I know we talked about like, you know, saying one thing on Twitter and then saying it to someone's face. Right. Like, cause there was a point in time that I remember like, reading and again you're still young but like you're still like you're in school so now you got the phone and right. you're scrolling through stuff but i remember there's times where it's like like full house star like jody sweeting is like blah 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 and i'm just like man like i was just like i felt like it was about to go spiral of the way where it's like i'm gonna re- wind up one day reading that she's no longer with us because it's taking control <laughs> I know it's, I mean, it's like, you laugh at it now no, but at the time you're like right. oh god i mean look it was at the time it was I mean, whenever you're in the middle of addiction, it feels um, it feels hopeless because it is it's this it's this it's like a self fulfilling prophecy, you know that you're that you think you're a piece of shit, so you do things that, that make you a piece of that shit. that make you a piece of shit because you don't have any self esteem or self respect, and then you you want to have those things, but you don't. And then you look at what you did and you feel bad. And then that shame keeps you back, you know, and you're just like, how do you get out of that? And it does it. So many people don't make it out of that because it feels insurmountable. And, and, you know, I, I just always, I know so many people who have made it through addiction. And I know so many people who have not so many people who have had, opportunity and education and family and and haven't made it and those who have had to struggle and fight you know tooth and nail by themselves and and they have there's no rhyme or reason to what it looks like on the outside but i am so grateful for all of those things because once i had like gone through all of that shit and kind of like my 20s were just you know, messy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, also, it's I, I can. I'm really great at laughing at myself, and thank God because I have I self deprecating sense of humor. Yeah. It's like yeah. if I can't laugh about it, then like what's the point? Yeah. So it's kind of like having, opening yourself up, then. then exactly. Yeah. It's like if I can laugh at something that was that at the moment was awful, like yeah. Then I then I've succeeded, right? That's success is being able to look at the thing that you thought was going to kill you and go like, <laughs> you. I can laugh at you. Now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, and so uh, like that for me, I think being able to find the humor and share the stories and and the hope 
that I've seen in other people and having worked in drug and alcohol uh, treatment, you know, for a while, kind of in between entertainment jobs, I got to see the light come on for people. And it's what I, I, I love. And I love watching that. And probably if I weren't in entertainment, I would have gone back to school and probably become a therapist or, you know, gone, gone the some sort of humanities route, psychologist, like therapist. I love it. I love yeah. helping others. And so if anything, like having the platform to share my struggles with addiction and to show people that it doesn't have to determine who, who you forever will be, yeah. that you get to come back and you get to, and you get to be better and you get to be different and that people get to be okay with that. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's just, yeah. it's for allowing others to see that like, it's a process and you don't just only become that and then never get to grow out of it. You I know? feel like, I feel like real people, uh, you probably don't see it like on Twitter and social media. Cause like, that's just a hate pool. But like, I feel like real people like success stories. Like now it doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, like individuals, famous. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people as people as individuals are phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Groups of human beings are atrocious. <laughs> it's usually like there's like a tipping point where you go yeah. like this is a great this, and then it gets bigger, yeah. and you go, oh no, now we're going towards all the awful shit. Yeah. But yeah, that like the hordes of people online, it's that instant gratification of like I want the the shade in for it. I want to see the yeah. somebody fuck up. I want to see somebody I don't like have something bad happen and we're all guilty of it i do it i you know yeah. there are politicians that i hate and i like see something I'm like ha ha but you know and i'm like yeah. what is it like, and then i'll put my phone what down and i'm like let me go do something else for a little while because it is we all get wrapped up in it and yeah. it doesn't mean that we're bad people it means that we're people and like we just we don't know how to handle ourselves sometimes yeah. and that's like no one's perfect but I, we need to remember to be kind because individually we do like to connect we do like to hear people be successful we do like yeah. to hear good stories there's reasons why we watch shove down our throats right we're like yeah. I, look, I want to watch happy dog videos all that love yeah, it yeah. fucking great love the happy dog videos yeah. but like there has to be you know a balance and i think we find ourselves getting so caught up in like the hatefulness of it that we have to remember actually we really enjoy watching other people succeed yeah. for the most part there are some people out there that yeah. don't but you know i for the most part we want to hear someone's story and yeah. and find empathy and compassion but we can't do that in 200 characters or less and we can't exactly. do that in a 30 second reel so you only see this little snippet of information with no context with no humanity with nothing around it and i get to make all of my assumptions based on that yeah. you know and so I, I it's a it's a reminder for me a lot of the time too that let me take a step back and try and like look at bigger picture or you know because it's a lot well, it's a I, lot I, think, we, I, think I don't think that humans have shown themselves to be able to handle the internet very well <laughs> yeah well i mean they, in, in a case in point like i know it's probably topical at this point but like the i think it's like shannon sharp like he's like an ex-athlete gone broadcaster right, yeah like, yeah he had the whole media thing of like the lakers memphis game and like, as a person that's in media, that's like, you know, I'm trying to find my way, or at least I was at one point trying to find my foot in the door and seeing all these ex-athletes take kind of my job. I was kind of like, I was like, fuck, like, what, what, what am I going to do? Like, I'm not an ex-athlete. Right. But then seeing that and seeing all like the remarks of like, man, like, he's an ex-athlete, he's a piece of shit, blah, blah. I was like, there was a part of me that's like, 
yeah, this see what happens when you hire ex-athletes? Like they lose their cool. But then when he came out and apologized, like there was a part of me that sat there like, all right, like I don't have anything hateful to say. I'm not tweeting. And then like there's a part of me that's like, hold on though. Like he apologized. How many athletes would come out and say, I am now in this field, I have to do better. And I'm like, at least right. he's acknowledged How- it. Right. All I I ever ask of people is to just like do better. You know what I mean? Like, just like, we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to act like assholes. We're all going to say something stupid. We're all going to do something wrong. Let us all remember to give each other the grace of a little bit of forgiveness at times. I mean, there's, there are unforgivable things for sure. Um, You know, I'm not looking to like, you know, follow Kanye or anybody like that, you know, but I think that we need to remember like that the world is a much bigger place than, than we see in the palm of our hand. It's, it's and, difficult to like, you know, kind of separate it. Cause I know like there are certain people out there that I probably don't like their, their views on things. Of course. But like, like, but like their music, like I had this, I don't like, I'm not opening this can of worms on this show, but I'm just like, it's, it's funny. Cause years ago when I had someone on, we were having the debate of music and I was like, man, I can listen to Chris Brown. Doesn't necessarily mean I don't like, like, I don't like his actions towards Rihanna. I can listen to Rihanna, but like, then there's people that are like, well, no, you, you got to pick one. I'm like, why can't I, I like their music? Like, well, I think we, I think we're all trying to figure out what is, ex- what is right. each of our own yeah. moral compass and yeah. what are the things, and also what are the things that we could do for ourselves? Does everyone have to do them? If everyone doesn't do them, but you know, it's all big philosophical questions yeah. that are much bigger and much more there's, important there's, than yeah. There's, Anything there's a gray, I can possibly there's a gray, there's a gray area. Like, listen, life is, like, I, life I can, is all gray area. Yeah, like life I can listen to Run It by Chris Brown, and that's way before time frame of what he did, what he did. But I'm like, now recent stuff, I'm like, okay, like, you know, if I like the song, I like it. But if someone comes up to me, like, can you turn that off? Because I don't like it. I'm not going to be like, you have to leave. I'd be like, you know what? That's fine. I can listen to this in my own time. That's cool. It depends on think, like yeah. what you value all, in that person. Yeah. Right. I think we all. I, I, and you know what? I, myself, like life moves really fast right now, kind of going back to that social media and all of that. When I think back on growing up in this business as a kid, it was all just a lot slower. Yeah. Things took their time a little bit more and we don't have, and we need that time to like stop and think and reason our way through our responses to things. And we don't do that as much anymore. And we don't give ourselves the opportunity to do that in our own lives. And I think one thing I have learned to do through sobriety, through getting older, through all of that is like, just try and pause when agitated. You know what I mean? Like, just give it a moment. And sometimes it wins out. Sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to walk away. And then other times I'm like, no, I'm not going to walk away. Yeah. But but at least being cognizant of it and aware of it, you know? But yeah, I mean, I, I'm so glad that we got to talk about that on and have some major philosophical questions. <laughs> That's fair. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Jody Sweden for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thank you for listening, and good night. K.
Kits. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we, we the perfect, perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous or sexy. Catch us on, on the Dean, Dean Blundell, Blundell Network. Network or on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy, democracy is, is something, something you do. do. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.